This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Jamie. Caitlin. <clears throat> when you get knocked down, you have to get back up again. You're never going to kick me rules. down. I get knocked down. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I know what you're talking about, but yep. you set me up for it. <laughs> no, and I'm glad you did mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name's Jamie Loftus. And this is the Bechdel Cast, our show where we where we analyze movies through an intersectional feminist lens using the Bechdel test as a jumping off point you're damn right we'll tell you what that is in a moment Mm -hmm. today is a special episode because we are releasing an episode that we recorded for the matreon yes i think like four years ago yeah i mean we and you in particular were very pumped on this movie Mm -hmm. as was the world as Mm -hmm. will the world be again which is why we are unlocking our episode about spider-man into the Mm spider-verse ahead of the sequel which if you don't know if you live under a rock Mm. no judgment patrick star um (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm in this i was watching spongebob this morning okay brag he literally lives under a rock it's commentary um (laughs) so patrick star probably doesn't know that the sequel comes out this week um and we're very excited to see it so we wanted to unlock the episode yes so yeah this originally appeared on our patreon aka matreon which hey if you like this episode you can pop over there five bucks Mm. a month two bonus episodes a month and it's been going since 2017 gasp And this one was from May 2019. It was one of my birthday episodes that year. So if you hear Mm -hmm. references to it being my birthday throughout the episode, 
that is why. But also, it's kind of always my birthday. Also, your birthday wasn't that long ago. So True. Let's, we're, we're going to continue celebrating and observing your birthday. Thank you so much. We also talk about in this episode how Alfred Molina is not in the MCU and how that's a crime. Oh, good catch. Because at the time of this recording, he was not in the MCU. But then, but then Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. Well, well, well. Which is about a different Spider-Verse than the Miles Morales Spider-Verse, according to the, the movies, at least. I don't know what happens in the comics. But Alfred Molina, we are proud to say, is now in the MCU. He's MCU canon. And honestly, thank yeah. freaking God. It's about dang time. So that's been, you know, one of the few things Marvel has done right in the last couple of years is finally formally <sighs> induct Mr. Alfred Molina into the MCU. So, mm-hmm. yes, remember, this is the past. These are versions of ourselves that are simply so stoked about uh, <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And we were right, but things have changed and um, they've actually gotten much worse. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to the episode. We have no idea uh, how bad things are going to get. Uh-huh. And so in that way, it's kind of a window to the past. Um, it is but, true. But we're very excited to share it with the main feed. Um, we're obviously very pumped for the new movie. We will very likely be covering the new movie on either the main feed or the Matreon down the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we wanted to to celebrate. Um, so happy summer. And please enjoy this episode on spider-man into the spider-verse please enjoy but also i guess first we should say what the bechdel test is which we didn't pass when we were talking about alfred molina except that we did make the rule that when we we talk about alfred molina it does pass but if you've been with us for a while you'll know that it passes on a technicality however however normally the bechdel test which is the media metric that we named the show after, even though we talk about so much more, but the Bechtel test is a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel, sometimes called the Bechtel-Wallace test. It first appeared in her comic Dykes to Watch Out For as a bit, and also I, I want to do this more, but just to shout out the context in which it appears in the comics, yes. because it's... Um, two queer women talking about how when they're watching a movie and two women appear on screen and they talk to each other, if they're not talking about a man, these characters in the comic strip kind of ship the two women together because there was so little and still is so little queer visibility on screen. Yeah. So that is the context for the Bechtel test. The version we use, there are many versions. Here's ours. Two characters of a marginalized gender must have names. They have to speak to each other and their conversation has to be about something other than a man. And we really like it when it's a nice substantial conversation and not just a, how's the weather, Gail? It's good, Betty. 
Although that's iconic. <laughs> I mean, that's that I should write an entire script around that conversation alone. Yeah, it should be called, how, well, not until the strike's over, baby, which we will be talking about on the Matreon this month. A little <gasps> uh, peek into some bonus content coming up. Yeah. But yes, we uh, that that is what the Bechtel test is. It's especially during the month of June, Pride Month. Um, I'm glad that it's something that we're we're talking about the specific context. Yes, indeed. So with all of that in mind, please enjoy this unlocked Patreon, aka Matreon episode on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The Bechdel cast. <sighs> Anyways, anyway. welcome. We're anyway. talking about in, Into the Spider-Verse today. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Caitlin, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if, you, if, if you're familiar with our show, you know what your history with this movie is. But why don't, why don't you recap it? Well, I did see the movie five times in the theater. I mean, it's no me and I, Tanya, but it's pretty impressive. <laughs> Wait, how many times did you end up seeing I, Tanya? Nine. Oh, my God. I was really <laughs> into it. There is, I have this very cursed screenshot of like the two months I was signed up for MoviePass and it's like nine Itanias <laughs> and then an unsubscription once it was out of theaters. Oh my goodness. Wild. But five times is, is like intense. Yeah. You're, you stand this movie. I really do. Yeah. And then your history is? Uh, I just saw it for the first time. I didn't, I simply didn't see it in theaters because I was too busy watching my DVD of Itania at home. <laughs> But I, I mean, I am a fan. I'm a longtime fan of Spider-Man. Sure. Um, I think it's really the only superhero I've ever been a fan to the point where I would like go keep up sure. as best I could. Yeah. I think a lot of that does have to do with Alfred Molina, to be honest. Obviously. Because now that I'm saying I've kept up with Spider-Man, I haven't seen the new ones, and I didn't see the Andrew Garfield ones. So I guess I really am just just a big Alfred Alfred Molina Molina as Doc I did like the Sam Raimi trilogy, and I don't know why I didn't keep going with Spider-Man. But there was a while, like, in middle school where I'm like, I'm into Spider-Man. Well, the the amazing Spider-Mans with Andrew Garfield are skippable. They suck, right? Yeah. But then the new reboot that's part of the MCU. People love. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. Okay. People, I mean, I I hear new Spider-Man rules. Uh, I just haven't seen it yet. But this was like, I mean, this is like right up my alley. I love love cartoons. Mm -hmm. I love experimental cartoons. I love Phil Lord. I have a huge crush on Phil Lord. Yeah, so I I was I just saw it. I really like it, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Phil Lord is is he hot? Oh, let me get you a visual. Sorry, Shamik Moore is also hot. Yeah, but there's a lot of hot people involved in this movie. <laughs> actually, it's uh, it's uh, actually a little bit of setting. Um, okay, why well, can't okay? Not to dump on Christopher Miller, but that's not who I'm trying to look at. Yeah, you know I don't know what, what they mean? look like. He's hot. He's a bit like um, he's hot. Like they're there we're getting a lot of subpar Comic Con pictures. He's hot. Oh, okay. The thing is, yeah, he's hot. He's hot. Okay. You know, good for him. But let's talk about the movie. Yeah, love it. Love it so much. There's so much to love about it. The animation style is so it's cool. incredible. Yeah. The I mean the story, the characters, the soundtrack is awesome. It's funny. The, it's funny. 
the movie does a really good job of balancing like heavy emotional beats with like humor. Mm-hmm. The... There was one twist I legitimately did not see coming. Was it the uncle? Yes, yes. I didn't see that coming. I didn't either. This is like these movies are hard to at this point because there's 500 million superhero movies. Uh-huh. It's hard to not see something coming. Like that was right. I was very pleasantly surprised and then like really sad. I knew like once he comes out you're like oh Oh no, he's gonna die. Man. <sighs> cool uncle. And then I cried. I, I cried like during three different parts of this movie when I first saw it by myself on Thursday night of opening weekend. <laughs> and then, oh, the other, the Doc Ock reveal I didn't see coming. The Doc Ock reveal. I think I did, but only because you told me. I told me. you about it. <laughs> um, I knew that Doc Ock, Doc Ock's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I knew that Doc Ock was a woman. Yeah. And then it was like, well, this is the only woman in STEM we've seen so far. So, yeah. I, and then, I Oh, I like the reveal that Aunt May is a woman in STEM in this one. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. There's a lot of this movie where that in a very pleasant way, I was like, yeah, of course. Sure. I'm Nick Cage is in it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with this. Whatever. It's, it, it's so fun. And yeah. And you never see a movie this diverse in the normal MCU or really in any movie at all. Right. So I'm like really glad that this was this movie rated PG. Yeah. PG. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, that's the perfect like audience for this movie and Mm -hmm. like the audience that both wants to and needs to see like a cast this diverse and funny and cool so I'm I'm super psyched that like a ton of people got to see it and it was and it was really successful. It like won all the awards. It was financially successful, mm-hmm. and uh, Amy Pascal produced it. Love her emails every time we bring it up. <laughs> every time Pascal's in the in the ring, we got to bring up hashtag her emails. Sure. If you haven't read Amy <laughs> Pascal's emails, boy oh boy, she <laughs> is not a fan of Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Oh, I haven't. I guess I haven't read them. Oh, she was like the Sony email hack. That was I like remember her, that, but I don't know the content of them. I guess she really <laughs> said some funny, mean things about Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Okay. So the recap is: we are introduced to Spider-Man. He's given a voiceover. He's like, "Look at me. Here's my comic book. I'm the only Spider-Man around, and I'm cool, and I love being Spider-Man. I'm and is blonde." That, is and that's okay. First of all, you knew you saw I was triggered by blonde Spider-Man <laughs> or any blonde adult male. Sure. And he's the first Spider-Man is voiced by one of the Chris's. Chris Pine. What is he in the other ones? He is he in? He's not in Marvel. He's he's the, the only one. He's the only Chris. That's he's in not... DC. He's in oh. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Don't don't do that. <laughs> you just bait and switched me. <laughs> I knew every actor named Chris was in one of the universes. That's uh-huh. the law. It's <laughs> it like is. how can he be breaking the law? <laughs> okay, Chris Pine. Yeah, is Steve in Wonder Woman? Yes. Got it. Okay, I'm good to continue. <laughs> I don't know why you're yelling at me on my birthday. Okay. I'm, it's not your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> also, Pose Malone has a large, large He's role a huge in movie. plot point. Yeah. This is the movie that made you a Post Malone fan. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Anyways. 
yeah, we meet this blonde Spider-Man and then we meet Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. He is going to middle school private school in brooklyn he likes art he likes post malone he loves post malone he doesn't know the words to the song he chats with this girl in his science class uh, whose name is she calls herself guanda i don't quite know why that happens i don't know why she doesn't just say my name is gwen because he wouldn't know who spider gwen is well but there are spider-man comics in his universe so maybe the character gwen stacy exists does exist maybe but also it's like if you if i meet someone named gwen i'm not like you're a fictional character <laughs> like that maybe she seems like maybe she's not giving him enough credit right i guess uh, the the all those comics do because we see imagery of the well, comics he reads them, and yeah. he has them so i'm assuming that he like would know who gwen stacy was but why would he think that anyone named Gwen was it's just Gwen automatically Stacey. her so I think she's really underestimating his intelligence <laughs> yeah I yeah I guess that clears that up okay so he talks to her he goes to his uncle's apartment they go into like an abandoned subway line right and oh, then... he's got a cool uncle and you can cool tell he's uncle. cool because he he's not in a committed relationship <sighs> And he has a punching bag in his studio apartment. Mm-hmm. I love how cool aunts and uncles are like just visually established <laughs> in movies. It is always if if any of our listeners have any good examples of like cool aunts and uncles and their sweet apartments, it's always it's basically always their apartment. Right. We're just like, oh, this person answers to no one. <laughs> They've got framed posters. <laughs> like cool aunt and uncle shit oh yeah (laughs) right okay so cool uncle cool bachelor uncle they go into this abandoned subway line area and paint some graffiti Mm. and this is where miles gets bitten by this crazy looking spider yeah cute spider it's very cute spider 42 right like it's a label i'm sure that's a reference to something and i don't know i have no idea what it is so he gets bitten by this spider and then the next day he wakes up he feels kind of weird he's like did i go through puberty my pants don't fit i'm sweating a lot you've seen it in five different movies (laughs) he's spider-man but he's confused he doesn't know it yet the webs are come but you can't say that ever in the movies (laughs) except only in the james cameron script oh god the iconic James Cameron script where mm-hmm. he explicitly says it's calm. Yeah. If only. And then he bumps into Gwanda or Wanda, whatever he thinks her name is from class. Played by and- Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. And he gets his hand stuck in her hair and he's like, what the, what, am I Spider-Man or what? And then he goes to investigate what's going on, goes back to the old subway sees the spider and he's like wait a minute this is not normal Mm -hmm. and then while he's there he discovers actual spider-man he's fighting the green goblin the green goblin is not william h macy in this world yeah it's a a literal goblin-y giant goblin kind of just like a robot-y kind of guy right like he looked Mm -hmm. like a robot no he's not the robot oh he's like just this like giant reptilian monster with like a tongue that he's more like abstract i mean he's like more like an actual monster yeah than like a man right who's dressed up like a monster yes and then miles and spider-man cross paths 
and Spider-Man's spidey sense goes off. He's like, wait a minute, you're like me. I can show you the ropes on how to be Spider-Man. Let me just go destroy this big collider machine first and defeat this bad guy named Fisk. Hell yeah. But then before all that can happen, Fisk powers up the super collider that opens up all these... vague science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no explanation needed. Uh, Oh, it's Willem Dafoe. What the fuck am I talking... Sorry. What did you say? William H. Macy? Oh, I didn't even catch that. (laughs) I confuse Willem Dafoe, William H. Macy, and Steve Buscemi constantly. I mean, they all are like character actors who... I feel like they audition for the same parts a lot. Probably. William H. Macy, though, is like... He's got like a kind face, and then Willem Dafoe... He always usually plays a villain because he's got like a, a more sinister look about isn't him. Isn't William H. Macy in trouble because of that whole college admission scandal? Oh, yeah. I mean, his wife. His wife. I don't know how uh, complicit he is in it. Well, I guess it depends on... Actually, it's kind of a lose-lose because if he's not involved, that just means he's not very involved in his children's lives. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so if he's a bad father, maybe he won't go to jail. <laughs> Sucks. Love how the world works. Oh, wild. Anyways... So Fisk Mm -hmm. powers up the collider, which opens up all these different alternate dimensions. Mm -hmm. And then Fisk kills Spider-Man. No. And then the bad guys spot Miles, who's like lurking nearby, and he has to make a run for it. And then one of the bad guys, whose name is, I think, Prowler, goes after Miles, but he manages to escape. And he's like, okay fuck like i i have to be spider-man the other spider-man is dead like everyone's counting on me i have to assume this role but he doesn't know how to do it he's it's like jumping off of buildings he he breaks the thumb drive that the other spider-man had given him and he's like i don't know if i can do this but just then another peter parker shows up whoa, 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 what i know this one is jake johnson yes yeah and he is the amazing spider-man ever heard of him he right so he's from this alternate dimension he is older he mm-hmm. his life is in shambles he's, he's divorced he's divorced Mary Jane. he's got a dad bod and we love that for him yeah we do uh now this peter parker is reluctant to get involved but he eventually agrees to team up with miles and then they go to alchemex which is like the science lab that is responsible for creating the collider and they need to go there they have to download like the schematics or something so they can destroy the collider and then that's where we meet doc ock aka dr olivia octavius (gasps) not alfred molina i know but he'll we've got a we gotta get him in the mcu folks <laughs> there's a place for him there sure it breaks my heart that he's not canon i know i'm so sorry i truly anyone else in the raimi spider-man movies don't care don't need you there yeah but if anyone has the gentle heart of alfred molina's doc ock rehearsing for fiddler on the roof i mean i swear to god did you see that video yes oh great everyone tagged us in it as if you weren't the person who brought that up on that episode oh i know (laughs) we're just like um hello oh god what was it blank check yeah yeah yeah. and you know people just like don't listen to me (laughs) i'm so sorry Anyways, let's go. Well, move it's on. not your birthday. It's, uh, it's my birthday. True. No so one, no one why? needs to listen to me today. <laughs> okay, so they 
uh, have downloaded this stuff from Alchemex and Doc Ock is there. And also the person who's there is Gwen, who we learn what her actual name is. Yeah. And she's another spider person. No way. From yet another alternate universe. It's so complicated. (laughs) I know. And so they team up with her. Yes. And this is where I stopped writing down what happened. So now I'm just going from memory, That's baby. That's okay. I mean, you've seen it 900 times. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah, definitely. I'll help. I, I'll, I'll help. Okay, great. So then they go to Aunt May's house. Sure do. And Aunt May's Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. We yes. love that. We love that. Mm-hmm. Her nephew, Peter Parker, is the one who had just died. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, this is weird. Our condolences also were from alternate universes. Can you help us out? Mm-hmm. So they go into like the spider shed and she's like, hey, meet these other spider people. And this is when we meet Spider Noir, Spider Ham, and Penny Parker, who I don't know Penny, what her, if she has like a spider name. I don't know. I think she might just be like a... D- well, let me check. Let me okay. check. I'll, I'll research. Cool. So we meet those spider folk. And, and they're great. They're all animated in different styles. This movie's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really exciting. And then they're all kind of figuring out, okay, we need to stop Fisk and his collider, but we need to get you spider Fisk people. Fisk is the big square guy who's yes. played by Liev Schreiber. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out, okay, someone needs to stay behind and turn off the collider after we've gotten everyone to their respective alternate universe. Mm -hmm. And Miles is like, well, I should be the one to do it because this is my dimension. I'm already here. Mm -hmm. I'll be the one to stay behind. But he's not good at being Spider-Man yet. So they're like, well, we don't really trust you to do this. Right. Oh, she played Penny Parker slash SP dash dash DR. Oh, is that the name of her robot? I guess like the robot that's an extension of her, yeah. Okay, cool. SPDR. Got it. So Miles is like, fuck, I'm I'm not a good Spider-Man yet. And he leaves and broods a little bit. I mean, he's a teen. That's I mean... the best part about Spider-Man is he's <laughs> moody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think it's around this time that he discovers that his uncle is actually the prowler oh, the prowler no. yeah i was not aware of the character the prowler before this movie. me either i don't think he's introduced in any of the other spider-man movies so at least. thank you spider-verse didn't know who prowler was and you know i guess i he's mean that now yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah before that there's a big fight in aunt may's house where yes. the bad guys are trying to get the thumb drive back aunt may is also not the helpless aunt that she is in earlier incarnations of spider-man she is keeping the spite because in the world that aunt may is and in miles's world peter parker is dead and she's mourning him but she also has this spider bunker where she does fucking science shit Mm -hmm. and it's great it's great yes i loved that so yeah, they the bad guys come, they fail in getting the thumb drive back, and yeah. then Prowler dies because Fisk and it's shoots him. Really it's sad. sad. <sighs> I know. It reminded me of the Lion King. Oh, with Mufasa? Yeah. Yeah. Where the kids just like, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh. I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> and and then the dying adult is like, It's all good. 
you're awesome and then <laughs> dies <laughs> and then miles morales goes and finds timon and poopa right and, and then he grows he comes of age with yeah. them crazy that nathan lane nathan lane as much as i love john mulaney john mulaney is basically doing an impression of nathan lane for this character okay. I, yeah i think i think he sounds super Na- i mean he kind of naturally kind of sounds like nathan lane too sure but i think for this character especially i'm like oh he's good there's some some serious timon vibes mm-hmm. ironically coming out of this pig character wow commentary <laughs> <laughs> Because wait, Timon is the meerkat. The meerkat, yeah. Wow. <sighs> if it had just How been a smart warthog. is John Mulaney? Or is he... <laughs> he's. A... I'm gonna write a five thousand word piece on Medium about like the brilliant subtlety of John Mulaney's performance as Spider Ham. The world needs it. Okay, so then story. What happens in the story after this? So the uncle has died, mm-hmm. and then Miles is sad about it. There's like this emotionally heavy moment between him and his dad over there's a wall between them and then the spider people oh, yeah. come back and they're like hey okay we're gonna go do this thing because again you're not a good spider-man you're not yet Eddie, and now you're like an emotional wreck right too and there's that great scene where he's like you don't get it and they're like they oh. all list the, the critical person in their life they've lost because that's the story right and then he's like, oh, I guess you like, do I get it. understand. <laughs> and then they trap him in webs. Mm-hmm. And then the monologue that his dad gives sort of empowers him to be the great man he's destined to become. The power of the love between father and son <laughs> frees him from the cum webs. And he... <laughs> and he goes and he saves the day yep so he goes back to aunt may and he's like i'm ready to be spider-man she's like great here's a suit here's some tools she's you like need. i'm still a scientist mm-hmm. she basically is like um the what's that lady who's edna in the incredibles except not annoying because she's just like oh right she's because edna is a woman in stem but they try to make her just seem like she's a costume designer that's right and mm-hmm. she's also voiced by brad bird so that's wild a fun what fact. a time to be alive <laughs> can i can i do a little industry insider oh, talk please okay so i was at the annie awards this year where spider where spider verse won fucking everything annie awards are animated yeah it's awards? like the animated oscars okay. it's very boring but i was excited and uh so spider-verse like completely swept yeah. and like won every feature category and brad bird was there um because i think he assumed that incredibles 2 was gonna sweep oh sure and um he looked really pissed uh-huh. <laughs> where i'm like it's just the annies like it's not a big deal but he lost I mean, he and worked he was... hard for it but listen Spider-verse i lost why we should have talked oh yeah what were you there for i was nominated for a show i worked on hey what show is I it to people hey people everyone uh log on to facebook.com and watch a show <laughs> called human kind of it was it was a great series and it almost won an Annie and then it was canceled because life is unfair. Yeah. But I think, you know, I can relate with Brad Bird in a lot of ways. <laughs> We're basically the same person. Didn't you also see Alfred Molina there? I did see Alfred Molina there wow. and I was too afraid to talk to him. But it was really exciting. Because this was after you had met him. Yeah, yeah. After he was on our podcast. It was literally two weeks later. <laughs> and I was 
too scared. And he, I did say I got another message from him, not like a direct message. No. He went in to record the robot chicken sketch that I wrote for him last <gasps> week. And they were like, guess who wrote this? And he was like, oh my gosh, she's all over the place. <laughs> she's starting to, she she's starting to creep me she's out. She's really closing <laughs> in, isn't she? <laughs> she's. Um, anyways. Well, all right. So what happens in the movie though? I don't know. Okay. So, so he escapes because the power of love, he goes to Aunt May. Right, he goes to Aunt May. Gets then, his web shooters. Mm-hmm, and then he's ready to go and be a part of the fight. He meets up with them in like the, it's basically like, Trump Tower. Vortex. Yes. yes. So there's like this benefit going on. Fisk is Trump. He's got the tower to prove it and everything. And below that is where the collider is colliding. And then, you know, the, the spider gang is is fighting Doc Ock and, and the other bad guys. And then Miles shows up and he's like, I'm ready. I'm here. Let me help. And they're like, oh, my God, you're doing such a good job. Mm. And then the spider people return to their respective dimensions. And so it's up to Miles to to to, to beat win. Fisk and and does. shut off the collider and he does do it does and then wins. and then his dad is there who had you know feelings of animosity toward the idea of Spider-Man but he's like wait a minute Spider-Man's actually a good guy who wants to do good things right and then there, uh, the one thing that I was just like, Ugh, where when Miles finally calls his dad, and they very quickly brush over his uncle's death, where right. the dad is like, "Hey, I don't know if you know this, but something with your uncle." And then Miles is like, "I know," no. and he was like, oh, oh, "Okay, why are you coming home?" <laughs> like, just, I'm like, maybe that is how men process death. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed pretty chill to me. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> and then Miles fully embraces his new identity as Spider-Man, and that is the end of the movie. Woo! So it's such a good movie. I love it so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, let's take a quick break, and we will come back for the discussion. <laughs> Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we're back. Um, where to begin with the discussion? I think it's interesting. I mean, if we're just starting off from, I mean, we've already established it's like it's the most diverse, inclusive superhero movie I've ever seen. I mean, probably aside from Black Panther, but aside yeah. from Black Panther, I mean, but in terms of seeing like, and this is like a no way criticism of Black Panther, but you're seeing all types of people mm-hmm. in Spider-Verse where I feel like it's the only, like the thing that hit for me is like, this is the only semi-realistic portrayal of like the makeup of New York City oh, sure, that yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and it's a cartoon. Yeah. Like the all white portrayals of New York City that we've come across in every rom-com we've ever covered uh-huh. and other movies like in action movies too. But yeah. Just the all-white New York that never existed that (laughs) is so persistent in movies Uh because of systemic racism uh but but it was really cool to see um such a like a diverse cast where you have like a lot of people of color do we i don't i guess we there's a pig there's (laughs) uh do you are there any queer characters in this not identifiably so or even i think coded that way so it's it's a pretty but then there's no real sexuality at all to speak of i mean it's not i mean there is a little bit of a love story that is and i want to get into that right but um i I I have a few gwen thoughts but yeah in general like it it is so cool to see new york look like represented miles has his mom's last name his name is not miles jefferson yeah it's miles morales and we know what his like we know what both of his parents do Mm -hmm. we know a lot about his home life and you know when even when people of color are the main character you don't often get to see their home life when i'm thinking of fucking the craft oh sure uh where the only black woman in the cast is the only character you find out nothing about Uh uh-huh and it's also cool to see like a working class family yeah. portrayed on screen because that doesn't, you know, it's like there's all these really famous and sometimes even good kids movies about 
vaguely wealthy white kids that live in gigantic houses mm-hmm. and have never had a problem and then they get magical powers <laughs> you're just like okay um <laughs> But my, I mean, his mom is a nurse. Mm-hmm. His dad is a cop. Yeah. Um, and his dad's name is Jefferson Davis, which is the same name of the only president of the Confederate States during the Civil War, oh. which a lot of people have pointed out. They're like, that's weird. But that is his character's name. That can't have been an accident. And I- I'm very confused. <laughs> Yeah, so... I didn't hear his full name said out loud. I didn't realize that he had his mom's last name. Mm -hmm. What a strange thing. But, I mean, his parents are together. Yeah. Um, I guess we don't know if they're married. Uh, Do we know that they're married? I don't know if we know for sure. Yeah, they might just be partnered. But, yeah, either way, Miles has his mom's last name. She is Latinx, and Mm -hmm. we see them speaking Spanish together. Like, it's rare that we see... Spanish spoken by a main character yeah. in in any movie really unless it's like a Spanish language film mm-hmm. um and not have it like be super called attention to like it's yeah, just or, a part of the natural landscape right or like yeah othered in some way where it's like oh right. the others are speaking Spanish but we here in America speak English kind of thing so which, like yeah it was like very normalized and very cool which again is New York exactly <laughs> like there's so like there are so many which which is why it's like you know Miles Morales the character is such a cool thing for visibility because there's so many kids like him mm-hmm. and just who you know the world has never taken the time to portray right. in a way that isn't patronizing or half-baked or shitty exactly. um, so I love I mean I love the family's setup I I mean there's always gonna be a weird feeling I feel like at this cultural moment of being like I guess we like cops in this movie um but that <laughs> is that is how the story goes I feel like that is also kind of like baked into superhero lore as well in a way that's kind of hard to escape or hasn't really been addressed and this is coming from someone who doesn't know the deep history of superheroes but like superheroes i feel like are generally portrayed to be like allies to cops i think so some superhero movies just sort of ignore that like law enforcement exists at all the other one that makes law enforcement seem stupid so and and then superheroes are smart the other main series that integrates police to a large extent that i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. is batman and and the cops in that one are always like he's a vigilante and i don't like it and then there's always like commissioner gordon who's like his one ally and then all the other ones yeah yeah there's a lot of like good cops (laughs) uh in across superhero narratives but it but it does sort of go the same way where the end end scene even though there, it, there's like another level to it because it's literally a father and son talking mm-hmm. but it is like spider-man is an ally of the nypd mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> but that i mean he's kind of like that in all the iterations of spider-man i feel like in the sam raimi ones the cops are made out to look kind of just like less competent than spider-man and like jealous of him yeah, I think that's right. It's been a while since I've seen any of those ones, but um, yeah, I think so. Anyways, someone link us to what I'm sure is a very well-written essay about how the <laughs> MCU superheroes relate to the cops. 
but again it's like seeing a working class family mm-hmm. um from new york portrayed on screen in a way that is re- realistic like their apartment is realistic mm-hmm. versus like the wide open spaces oh my god like the million bazillion Bay. dollar like soho lofts that you see right. in like all these fucking... or like i'm thinking of like like <laughs> carrie from sex in the city would literally be starving to death if that were made realistic like she writes one column a week right like you can't afford to live hunt like you can't you're waiting 45 days to for your freelancers check to come in mm-hmm. anyways love the the setup and yeah. the the visibility in terms of like race and class, class. And especially because like miles is like he's basically a socialist where he's like i don't want to go to this school it's elitist like i want to go to my public school well what it's referencing is like the real setup of new york public schools that is like very it's it, the way public schools work in New York is weird where there was like a an intensely reported story about it that came out a couple of weeks ago that basically um, there are these like magnet schools that are publicly funded but are kind of like elitist mm-hmm. um, that it looks like the school that Miles gets transferred to is based on and the way that you get entry into one of those like public plus schools is by taking a test and the dad references like you've tested in Mm -hmm. so people take the test and then they're put into a lottery because there's only so much space but there's still a lot of systemic racism in Mm. the way those schools are sorted and like all these magnet schools are supposed to be this big win for public education and there's almost no black and latino kids Hmm. who get out of the lottery as it were Um, so that scene was i was just like oh whoa like Someone did their homework on New York public yeah. schools. Because he's walking by his old middle school, which seems very diverse. Yeah. And then you see the scene where he's, you know, entering this magnet-esque school. And it's fancier. It's predominantly and it's white. white. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like there's, uh, I believe it was a New York Times story that came out by the time you hear this. It will come out about a month ago. But it's a fascinating look at how like these public systems are established to be for the greater good and yet are still so very racist and <laughs> not inclusive at all. God do, damn do, do. it. Any other thing you want to say about that? In terms of like diversity inclusion? Oh, uh, no. I mean, I think that that is like this move in addition to just being a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's this movie is like great strength and distinction from the landscape it it comes out in i mean it's really this movie and black panther that you get any level of diversity right um that isn't extremely tokenized definitely yeah yes huge strength for the movie let's talk about the women let's talk about the women it takes a while for this movie to include women in the plot in a meaningful way Mm -hmm. i thought yes because i think for the first half unless i'm missing something you you meet a mom you meet so, uh, someone that is introduced to us as a love interest, because that's originally mm-hmm. how Gwen Stacy's introduced in all of these stories. Yes. And eventually, I feel like it's not until you get to Olivia Octavius that women become a structural part of the plot. Agree. And it takes a while for us to get there. Yeah, at least a half hour, if not more. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Up until then, it's just, you know, scenes with 
you know, him interacting with his dad or, yeah, him interacting with the the Spider-Man, running away from the bad guys. And I do think that it's, and I I don't want to be too critical of this movie because I, I, like, I really love it and I'm excited to talk about the relationships between men that I thought were really cool Mm -hmm, in this movie. But it does, it you know, you do kind of notice and it sort of betrays the fact that this was written by men and directed mm-hmm. by men and uh, Amy, it was directed by Amy Pascal's emails, of course. <laughs> she never, her emails never get credit for directing They're movies. sentient and they're, her sentient um, incredible. emails from 2013 <laughs> directed so many movies. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the main focus even within the family is there's a lot of screen time devoted to Miles's relationship with his dad. There's a lot of screen time devoted to Miles's relationship with his uncle. Mm-hmm. There's really not that much of Miles and his mom where we know what she does, mm-hmm. which is more than most movies give us, but there's that's not where the emphasis is in Definitely the family not. dynamic. The only thing we really see is a scene where like she's doting on him right before he's about to leave for school. Mm-hmm. That's really about it. Yeah, there's so much that, more. that, like, precedes a long scene with Miles and his dad. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so that, like, that scene in, in a movie with a lot of strengths, you're like, oh, man, come. I mean, I've given this a bit of thought, and on one hand, I'm like, yeah, why couldn't we see a more significant and, like, more emotional, impactful storyline between him and his mom and it's only really given to him and his dad and then also him and his uncle which you know means that less time and attention is devoted to the mom character right but also i mean you know he's a they keep going (laughs) (laughs) i know i don't want to like sound like i'm defending you know the absence of women in a story and i've never been a 13 year old boy so i don't really know but i think it kind of stands to reason that like a boy of that age is going to look up to the male figures in his Mm -hmm. life and you know try to learn from them you know learn how to be a man and all this stuff which can be problematic but the fact that at least his dad Uh, is a very supportive figure in his life I just think that there's, and I, I guess this this is, I mean, for everyone who's going to, I mean, this is a Matreon episode, so we can actually be more critical without being afraid of people. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's a version of this script where instead of creating this uncle figure to become, you know, who is like this positive influence in his life and teaches him the lighter side of life and how to have fun and that, you know, his dad is, you know, the sort of rigidity of his dad isn't the only right. way to live could be played by his mom yeah. instead of like creating a third, another male character to fill that void. But that said, I mean, or an, an, an aunt like or an aunt. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's, I don't think that those nests, but I, but then I don't really know. Cause cause one of the things I do like about this movie is it allows male characters to be vulnerable with other male characters in a yes. way that seems pretty healthy and productive. And that is something that I think young people and people in general should see where there is like such a strong, like it's like part of the core relationship of miles and his dad that his dad is like i love you say it back like Mm -hmm. which you don't see between fathers and sons a lot right in movies because there's you know that cultural 
sticky thing that we can't seem to get rid of. His that, like, webs? Men, oh. His, web, his cum webs. <laughs> There's this cultural cum web <laughs> that, like, men can't express their emotions to each other. Right. And that there is something wrong for a man to tell another man that they love each other. They, I feel like there's so many examples of me growing up where my male cousins, my male friends, when they were talking to other boys, they would couch everything really nervously in no homo. Oh, and sure. They would, right, like where they <laughs> would just, like there's that association that any guy expressing affection or emotion at all to any other guy that isn't like anger mm. or making fun of women was inherently sexual yeah and this movie or just like a sign of weakness kind of yeah Yeah. totally and and so in that way like miles's relationship with the adult men in his life is good and is good to see because Mm -hmm. you see miles you know tell his daddy loves him and watch that relationship change over time and and you see the closeness of the uncle and the nephew that is like i just wish that we got more of the mom i don't know yeah i think maybe a a better version of this is if uncle aaron was actually aunt aaron aunt aaron e-r-i-n and then she and miles's dad are brother and sister the same twist can happen and we know that women can be villains in this world because we see, we see it. doc ock well maybe that's too many female villains that well, well we that's have the female su- but then we have female, female superheroes exactly so it kind of balances out and then and then if we have yeah. a stronger relationship between or just a little bit more screen time devoted to miles's mom then we get the balance of like oh like there's and that's not just all the women in his family are evil he's got a very caring in support of mother and that could be accomplished in a scene like we just had one scene that was just the two of them that had an impact on the plot and wasn't just like oh his mom because i feel like that's how mom characters are used a lot where even if you do get a scene with them it rarely results in any plot happening it's just sort of like well he's loved an easy fix could be because we get a sense of how how Miles's dad doesn't like, you know, the vigilante superhero that is Spider-Man. Yeah. If we see a scene where his mom is like, oh, I actually think Spider-Man's cool. And... Well, she's, well, she's a <laughs> Spider-Man stan. What if, yeah. What if she has, like, Spider-Man merch and stuff? Yeah. Everyone <laughs> then, does in this movie. Oh, oh my God. God. This, the, the Spider-Verse. That actually sounds like the Collider. I don't know if, if you listeners can hear that. They for sure was like a <laughs> Anyway, so that would impact the plot because a lot of his kind of internal struggle comes from his dad not liking Spider-Man. He likes, but yeah, like it, Miles already likes Spider-Man. It seems like every kid likes Spider-Man. Yeah. So like, what if Miles' mom likes Spider-Man? And that's something they could bond over. Right. Or mourn over because when he dies in the, sure. in Miles's, there's more ways to include her. And I love, I love the idea of an aunt instead of an uncle. Yeah. I was also very sad when the uncle died. Anyways, if you're listening, Phil Lord and Christopher Mill. <laughs> well, uh, Phil Lord is like, wait a minute. Someone said I was hot. Better tune in. Yeah. Please, everyone, at Phil Lord and let him know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No, I know. I agree with you. Even though, I mean, it's, I, love, I love the family story and I love how much... <laughs> I love the family stuff. I wish that women had been included more meaningfully in the family stuff. Agree. 
that's all I, I have to say I think the same it. could also be said for the spider team. I agree. Wow. I completely agree. I think how many people are in people animals are in the spider team total? Is it like eight? Six. Six. Two we've, are women. We've got Gwen Stacy and Penny uh-huh. Parker uh-huh. are the women. Mm-hmm. We've got Spider Man. We've got six Spider Men. Not does six Spider. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spider Noir. Spider Ham. Miles. Mm-hmm. Did I list all four just there? I I'm very distracted by you. Did this is so the collider. You, you did. <laughs> Men outnumber the women, and there's only two people of color. And well, I guess we don't technically know Spider, spider noir, noir or Spider Ham, but they're voiced <laughs> by white men. Yes. Um. So it it is like two out of six in terms of women to men and people of color to white people or at least actors. Right. And this is probably like an adaptation issue where there yeah. weren't like other comic series written with a woman as the lead because they they pulled from existing characters and i think it kind of shows in a way that like i don't know how that's avoidable Mm -hmm. because it's like yeah peter parker has been a white kid or adult for a long until miles morales right so that like it's kind of hard to navigate around that and the same thing i mean and one of the problems that i had with spider gwen is she's presented very classically feminine and her co- I mean everyone's costume is different but hers is different in a very particular way mm-hmm. she has a purple pinky streak that goes behind her and it's not that there's anything wrong with that and it's so hard to like have this conversation in a way that doesn't seem like we're demonizing traditional femininity like right if that's your thing who cares it's my thing a lot of the time but it is like the standard way that feminized characters right it's like put a bow on them make them pink and suddenly they're a woman right and they're like it's girl (laughs) spider-man i would also argue that her fight choreography and the way she moves is ballet feminine it looks like ballet a lot of the time and she even says at one point like when they're they're all grilling miles and they're like can you punch a bunch of bad guys can you rewire a fucking mainframe blah 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 Mm -hmm. uh gwen asks can you fight with the grace of a skilled dancer or something like that so she's all about like this what appears to be like a very feminine fight style which we've talked about in other episodes i mean it sucks um (laughs) but all the same the women who do exist within the spider team are just as competent of fighters as all the men for sure and they're doing equal work they're doing equal work penny seems to have like a specialty relating around some sort of computer tech girl yeah i'd be interested in what our um our japanese american listeners thought of her portrayal because it did seem like there were a lot of stereotypes being put into like she comes out of this like anime like Mm -hmm. world which i don't really know like i just like don't have the perspective to have a strong opinion on that but i could understand why people would have a strong opinion about about the way that like this is the japanese american spider woman and she's portrayed in a very particular way just like the american spider woman is portrayed in a very particular way that i don't really care for right yeah i am similarly curious as to what listeners think about that because i yeah i was like "Mm, that is 
seems she, like a lazy choice, but I also am, I mean, I'm sure that that is an adaptation issue as well. Yeah. I'm reading in uh, on wikipedia.org, ever heard of it, mm. uh, that I guess that Penny Parker, they definitely wanted an Asian American spider person. I guess they considered using another spider woman who's korean american named silk okay but they decided her powers weren't as cool and they oh. went with penny it's like bring them both in bring them both in what's stopping or, you again it's an adaptation you can make changes from the source material well, i feel strongly about spider gwen with that especially like they did not it was not integral to the plot for her to look move like that right yeah exactly that said, she does save Miles and Peter Parker from Doc Ock. She does. In the beginning, but then she needs to be saved at the end. She's like about to fall into like the collider beam and then Miles has to jump in after her and save her. So, but at least and it's like there's... kind of parody in terms of like women not constantly being damseled. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is like, it's so weird how things change slightly over time. Because the way she's written, I'm like, oh, it sounds like a woke dude wrote this character. And they like tried their best. They're like, we're not going to damsel her constantly. But, but there are still like little things that you're just like, I just mm-hmm. wanted to fix that. Where, you know, like she, there, there, there is that implied flirtation between her and Miles the whole time. And thank God they didn't. I was really worried they were going to try to shoehorn a kiss in at the oh, end. Oh, same. They don't, but they, it's, they're setting up a kiss at some point There's in the future. Perhaps. They, yeah. Although, I mean. The way he talks to her for the first time is, is because like he want like his uncle said, put your hand on a girl's shoulder right. i'm like oh that's how we knew he was a villain uh, <laughs> but he's like put a hand on a girl's shoulder and like be smooth and it's played in the movie like oh he's just an awkward teenager but yeah. it's like no movie come on that's something that could have been so easily done differently or had her call him out more about it because what happens in the movie is he got cum powers now right mm. so he's a little bit sticky he's sticky and so he's trying to impress gwen he's hearing his thoughts out loud he's freaked out he remembers his uncle's advice to like put your hand on a girl's shoulder to be cool and he does that to gwen and his hand sticks to her hair because of his spider cum and then he basically <laughs> starts whipping her around yeah. with his hand and she's like ow fuck and then you cut to she has to get a haircut because of sticky hands and he says like nice to meet you and we're supposed to be like tee but he doesn't apologize uh um, no, and he doesn't never ask her apologize for their cum no they don't <laughs> they just put it wherever they want they literally do it's disgusting <laughs> it's horrible it stops now um but i mean and he never asks to put his hand on her shoulder and i think if he had she probably wouldn't have said yes right i mean uh, based on that conversation yeah there is there's a whole scene where uncle aaron is basically teaching miles how to you know give what's probably usually an unwanted touch to his peers and process of wearing down (laughs) is sort of being described so yeah we can see that as ooh, that's gross that's a gross thing to teach a young boy yeah i guess the fact that it ends horribly is Mm, but it doesn't though because she still wants to be his friend and they still end up being like bffs and he never has to apologize and 
I just feel like I. It's not the worst thing in the world, but he doesn't apologize, and she ends up like having a crush on him anyways. I don't think she has a crush on him. I think she like sets some pretty clear boundaries of like. But I'm also like really bad at identifying romance when i see it because i i I would be really surprised if they made another one of these movies and that didn't continue and intensify i would be pleasantly surprised if it doesn't happen because i mean yeah that is i think that is probably the way it's being set up but also i would argue that the language that they use is like I don't really do friends anymore. And he's like, well, if you decide to do friends again, like I could open up a s- spot for you. Like we, it's, it's always in terms of like, he like accepts her what, boundaries. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think that like saying that the, their relationship isn't flirtatious in nature. Like it so is at the beginning. Yes. I would, uh, I, I feel like, I don't know toward the end. I feel like it's strictly platonic, but again, I'm maybe just not reading that. Right. I guess I, but, I just disagree on that. One. Yeah. Uh, I d- and and I just think that that's like kind of a waste of Gwen's limited time on screen is having a flirtation. We've seen that in Spider Man a million times. Don't need to see it again. Didn't need her to. I mean, I guess they both rescue each other, so it kind of evens out. Mm-hmm. But just I I just wanted a little bit more for the way Gwen is portrayed, and then for. Uh, for Penny Parker, just to see more for I feel like you see the least from her out of everyone. Her and Noir, yeah, you sort of see the least of. Well, the three like Spider people who are introduced later on, I'd say they're all equal parts, not that important, right? But Penny's computer friend breaks at some point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't care, but sure, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it did the movie did make it seem like look how sad we all are at this and we're like, well, we didn't really get to know Penny's character, so I'm not very emotionally affected by that. Right. Yeah, it does mean that the one woman who is a person of color who belongs to the Spider Gang doesn't doesn't get, get much attention paid to her. Right. So So that's the spider team that's it and it's also i mean i was reminded of the avengers in this where there is like an ensemble team of superheroes but the men are largely driving the story the women don't have their own movie this is miles's movie Mm -hmm. and you know hopefully maybe we'll get off like a penny parker spinoff or a gwen stacy spinoff but maybe i mean but the main focus of the friendship inside of the spider team is peter parker and miles morales yes that is the core friendship and i think if we look at the friendship between Peter Parker and Miles Morales and the friendship between Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales, there are some gendered differences. But the friend, I mean, the friendship between Peter and Miles, like, I don't really have any issue with it. I think it's like a cool example of things I wish we saw more in like female driven narratives of mentorship, because that is like the key to anything happening is and so it is cool to see it like both Peter Parker's take on Miles as a, you know, student kind of in mm-hmm. this like almost karate kid kind of way of like they teach him the ways of the spider <laughs> <laughs> and the cobwebs and 
they sort of form that teacher mentor relationship and then you get the natural end of that relationship which is like the student has exceeded the powers of the teacher and the teacher must learn to let go mm-hmm. and then he does and he goes back to being thick spider-man and normal spider-man world or i guess original spider-man world i mean well that is weird because he goes back to a world where coca-cola is called coca-cola the world that miles lives in is called coca soda so it's like it's not quite our universe it's it's a little bit there's also a seth rogan movie i don't know if you caught that but no. there's right when all the spider people like bounce into Times square from their respective dimensions you seth see- rogan exists in every multiverse <laughs> you see a poster for a movie called hold your horses and then it says, like, starring Seth Rogen. Glad that Seth Rogen got an appearance in his 500th movie this year. Mm. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's take another break and we will come right back. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And we are back. 
Can we talk about um, Octavius? Yeah. I liked her. We don't really know that much about her personally. Um, her friends call her Liv. Her friends call her Liv. That's basically all we... I mean, she's mm-hmm. an ambitious woman in STEM who hates Spider-Man, which I think we we're sort of just taking at face value because we're like, oh, Doc Ock always hates Spider-Man. Right. Where, uh, if we go to the Alfred Molina interpretation... Please. ...of Doc Ock, <laughs> you know, like, it's, first of all... I'm I'm not saying that Catherine Hahn did, uh, but you know we the she the golden standard has been set. Sure, and, and no one can reach it except for our except friend. for letting him reprise the role, right? <laughs> but I do think that there is a distinct difference, and maybe there just wasn't the real estate, and the filmmakers are kind of assuming like, well, you know, he's you know, or she in this case, like Doc Ock hates Spider Man. Duh, but but in but in Spider Man two two thousand four, uh-huh. we find out explicit reasons why Doc Ock hates Spider Man, and there is more of a relationship between Doc Ock and Spider Man, and we find out about Doc Ock's personal life, yeah, sort in a kind of like uh, fridging in a definitely fridging narrative oh, of his, his wife, wife. Uh, his wife gets killed and you know he's tortured by his own technology and he's possessed by his own technology and mm-hmm. there's there's just a lot there performed beautifully <laughs> and well i like olivia octavius she fills the role a villain needs to fill i don't she's not characterized nearly as much as like fisk is or as you know or as alfred molina's doc ock but i guess that's because or is the or is the, uh or is what is the name of the uncle villain oh the prowler the prowler i feel like there is a version where you can almost write octavius out of this version the reason she needs to be there is because she has the technology to build the fucking whatever that makes yeah. the multiverse the collider but outside of that what purpose does she serve in this world besides to carry out the scientific task because i feel like prowler gets all the parts of the of, of a villain that we really like which is like personal connection mm-hmm. to the protagonist a struggle between the two of them like things they have in common things they don't have in common and that just doesn't exist for octavius at all we're just like dog hockey spider-man and so she hates all the Spider-Man. Yeah. So I feel like that there is... I guess we're just... We're so used to Doc Ock being like a crucial player in the Spider-Verse because of what we've seen in Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. In this thing, she carries out that very specific function of having created the Collider. And that's all we But the other get. two villains, we know a lot about their personal life. Fisk, we know... His wife, yeah, and his son, <laughs> and how he lost them, and ego, and all that shit. And he's a big square, and he's sad. We know all that. We get that in the flashback sequence with Prowler. We know who he is to the protagonist. We know why this relationship is difficult and why it's so sad to lose him. But it's I feel like they kind of were like all female Rupert of Doc Ock, and then just sort of didn't do anything with it. Like we don't know anything mm-hmm. about her. Well, we don't know anything about I don't know is his name Scorpion or something. There's another villain who's like in the bad guy gang Mm -hmm. who we know next to nothing about and then like the green goblin we don't know i think it feels like she's just sort of like an ancillary character who is familiar to us so we're like oh we know her i I mean i know what you're saying and i do i just feel like it's kind of corny to gender swap the to make the move of gender swapping a character and then not doing anything with it sure especially if the original character was so deeply characterized 
like it almost feels like a we gender swapped it so you wouldn't see it coming kind of thing it did feel like the like kind of that corny where it's like movie twist where they're like the like i mean if we go if you go further back enough like the doctor was a woman (laughs) like that kind of like you're supposed to be like that's not alfred molina i assume (laughs) well that Um, there's that line in the movie where peter parker is god this fucking is so distracting it's where <laughs> relentless yeah where peter parker is like laying out the plan whenever they get to alchemax and he's like all right step one infiltrate the lab step two find the lead oh, scientist oh they do do that and then, then, and then miles is like miles that's is like the, the lady woman. is and the lead like, scientist oh cool he's like i need to re-examine my personal biases because yeah. you just assumed that the scientist would be a man didn't you peter well i mean to be fair and the jake johnson peter parker universe doc ock is alfred molina uh, so we have to assume that that cartoon Spider-Man knows Alfred Molina personally and maybe even saw him perform Tevya on Broadway. I mean, probably, yes. Probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything to say about the Doc Ock character other than, like, it was cool that they, you know, like, I don't think there's any ethical issue with them gender swapping that character. It just felt like it was done in lieu of, you know, she's supposed to be a more prominent villain than the Scorpion guy. Like, we don't know anything. I feel like we almost yeah. don't know anything about the Scorpion guy, kind of for a reason. But, you know, she's the first villain that we really meet Yeah, in earnest. And it, a big deal is made of her reveal. And then we just don't. And then my friends call me Liv. Right. Yeah. Well, more a little more on that is that we've talked in various other episodes uh, on action movies where there seems to be a trend where men who are usually the heroes the action heroes when they're fighting there's usually not women for them to fight they're usually fighting other men yeah and if they are fighting women they're always like can i hit a woman even if she's trying to kill me and it (laughs) so yeah we've had different discussions uh on various episodes about that there tends to be this thing it's like well so that we don't have to like even broach this subject let's just make sure that men are only fighting men uh in this movie doc ock poses a serious threat you know she is trying to kill the spider people yeah she has these mechanical arms that can cause a lot of damage Mm -hmm. and we understand that she's a dangerous adversary we see men fighting her punching her in the face you know like and it not being a gendered thing it's being a fight right movie yeah uh, and th- and that is cool and the way and in sort of in contrast to our annoyance with how gwen's fighting is stylized uh doc ox stylizing isn't you know femmed up no uh in any way nor is her costume she's basically wearing the same thing that <sighs> icon alfred molina wore i mean a long coat a long a trench coat <laughs> yeah listen doc ox wears a trench coat that's canon if you don't like it watch another movie i don't know what to say it's a trench coat movie um yeah i just wish that there was more there for her we just we just don't know how how doc ock feels about miles morales we just know that she hates the entity that is spider she'll she'll kill any spider person 
So I, I, I did find Which it to be the prejudice there against spider people. I Come on, dog. Why aren't we talking about this? <laughs> what is going on with the octopi and the spiders? <laughs> they both got eight legs. You think they'd find some common get ground. Get God. <laughs> Maybe so. that. She's like, I'm the only eight-legged creature. Bigger eight leg. Yeah. So screw you. <laughs> that would be a wild storyline. <laughs> Yeah, so I just <laughs> now, I, <laughs> now I just cackling. only want that movie where it's like octopus. Why can't all the versus... eight legs get along? <laughs> That's a good. I mean, plenty of two-legged people can't get along. So wow, Caitlin, a deep a birthday lesson. <laughs> A birthday lesson from our gal headed into her Jesus years. She started to really impart some. I'm 30. Bitch, I'm 33. Woo! Woo! You really have to start giving some Christ like insights this year. Oh my God. Cool. Anyway, yeah. what were you saying? Um, Aunt May was one of my favorite surprises yes. in the movie of like. It's hard not to be critical of the way that character is written in the original story where Oof. she is just a nice old lady and we love that for her, but she's completely weak. She is, re I think in multiple movies, she is damseled. Oh, yeah. Um, Stolen by, you know, captured by the villain. She's damseled by, by Alfred Molina. I know. There's, he has that great anecdote about that scene where I guess they were on set and he was holding her in his claw and she's, you know, like the actress was, was older and she was like kind of uncomfortable and kind of annoyed and she just like turned to him and she's just like, you know, I went to Juilliard <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, which is really funny. But, but yeah, I mean, she's constantly damseled and or just sort of like oblivious a lot of the time where she's Doesn't like, Peter, get... why aren't you home? And is so, is so, I mean, even if you compare her to Uncle Ben in the Sam Raimi movies, like Uncle Ben was at least cogent and, and knew what was going on. But like Aunt May always needed Peter's help, whether it was financial, whether it was to save her life like she was very rarely to well uncle ben dies before anything happens but we i mean we get to know uncle ben a little bit in yeah. the first movie where he's he is like very masculine and more it seems more involved in peter's like formation mm -hmm. than aunt may is or that's what's like implied um and then aunt may seems sort of like and and there are moments where she gets to you know do her thing but you know, she's a grieving wife, mm -hmm. she's a maternal caretaker, and she's constantly damseled. But in this version, watch out, baby. She's a scientist <laughs> who makes spider weapons, and that is great. I'm like, I almost didn't really need to know that much more. Cause it, I, and, and you get that cool moment where in Aunt May's universe, Peter Parker is dead. And in Peter Parker's universe, Aunt May is dead. Yeah. So they're both seeing each other, but not. And you're like, oh, that's nice. And then she's like, anyways, spider lab. Yeah. she's She knows exactly what's going on. She's like, let me guess. You're from another dimension. Let's go. Let's deal with this shit. She's almost like fucking Michael Caine in Batman, where she's just like badass older person who has all the gear mm -hmm. what is his name the Alf butler alfred alfred not to be confused with alfred molina, molina. 
We should do the Batman movies at some point. Oh, that yeah. would be fucking what a what a trip that would be. Oh, I should have mentioned this earlier, but in the newer reboot of Spider-Man with Tom Holland, mm-hmm. the version of Aunt May that we see in those movies is she's hot. That's her thing. She's played by Marissa <laughs> Tomei and <laughs> it's important that you know that she's hot. And that is... I like this choice way better. (laughs) God, sometimes with these movies, like superhero movies in particular, you can just like hear the executive focus groups just like whoosh, just like totally miss where they're like no 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 what if i may what if you are a fucker you're like <laughs> no that's what are you talking about there's so few roles for older women uh-huh. um anyways i loved lily tomlin's aunt may character totally get like she's not a main character not a lot of attention is drawn to her i think for plot reasons but they just like that's good adaptation is like taking a character that people are familiar with and like turning them up and Mm -hmm. modernizing them and making them cool and useful to the plot yes so i liked that agree mary jane's there she's still his wife in this one yeah yeah we don't see a ton of her what Um, happened to her theater career Oh yeah, huh? she is at fucking Fisk Tower at that benefit dinner, and it's like, can't you see that that guy is mean? Yeah, I'm like, you were Spider-Man. That would be like spouse. That would be like if she went to like Donald Trump Trump's Trump Tower house. <laughs> so yeah, she's kind of. I mean, it makes sense that she's sidelined, but but there there is a version of that character where they could have done something cool with her, like they did with Aunt May, mm-hmm. and didn't just present her as like grieving lady with nice hair. Maybe we'll see some of that in a sequel, perhaps. Uh, let's Hopefully. hope so. I mean, uh, you don't hire Zoe Kravitz for no reason, right? Right. She's great. I love her. Well, I think that was about all I had to say about one of my new favorite movies. I thought this movie was an absolute blast and is some of the best the best you're gonna get in terms of representation mm-hmm. um in a modern movie it's i thought it was weird that there wasn't any space made for a queer character where there are so many characters mm-hmm. it's not a particular i mean it's not a romantic movie but it would have it just seems like i mean if there's future installments this is a very inclusive movie and that's in the dna of what the movie is so like you know make a little more sure oh that reminds me the one of the very few things that we do know about mj in this universe is that she voted for donald trump peter b in addition to that at least for peter b parker's uh mj jake johnson jake johnson she wants children so she, she's given a very uh, like right m- and then he maternal boring thing and he's like writing. oh and that's why our marriage fell apart because i wasn't ready to have kids and then by yeah, the end he's so like wait boring. a minute i'm proud of miles morales maybe i do want children oh my god my spider come loaded let's make spider man and you know having children is great let's perpetuate the species but that's, that's totally the only fine. thing that we know about we don't need any more white women who voted for donald trump reproducing <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you yeah but yeah other than that it uh, it does a, a fairly good job at least compared to 
the Spider-Man franchise really, as a whole. Are they knocking down the apartment? They are, are they hurting someone. I do not know what they're doing over there. Good Again, Lord. listeners, apologies if this has been an annoying episode to listen to because of the machinery that's happening next door. But there's simply nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. This is, <laughs> listen, tell your friends to keep pledging to the Matreon and we'll get a mansion to live in, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll all find some secluded house in the hills. We should get a tree house. <laughs> we should get a really nice tree house. That seems realistic. Someday I think I want we I want to aim to afford a tree house. Shed. A spi- we need a, oh, a spider yeah. bunker. We need to just dig. Yeah. They don't charge ground. to dig. <laughs> I just sounded like a crazy conspiracy theorist. Your eyes went wild. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> we just need to buy a five foot square foot plot of land <laughs> and start digging. <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, that was uh, that. Was that. Um, hey, what about You can about dig the- under other people's houses, right? And then just like... They don't know. I don't know. I've this, been reading this, too much about the Denver the airport. zoned for that? What if I don't know if they can, can you legislate? Yes, you can. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, I think look, that there's some... Ha- that. I'm going to start tunneling. Yeah, you're going to get into... Everyone should look up conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. There's tunnels. Wow. Yep. Hey, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I thought it came close but i don't think it does do gwen and doc Ock ever exchange words not that i noticed and gwen and penny parker also i do not believe interact the only conversation that i noticed was where aunt may says oh geez are those sweatpants referring to peter parker's sweatpants and then gwen says yep that's what they are but they're talking about peter parker's clothes peter parker's body <laughs> um it does so not they're kind of objectifying him which actually is like that's what we should be doing it to is men. it is nuts to me that this movie that is so like progressive fails this very easy metric and this is not what the kind of movie where you're like well but like in this case i don't think the bechtel sense is a flawed metric at all because right. we have a lot and i think that that does speak to how underdeveloped some of these female characters are right. and how one-dimensional they are and how they're... Th- I mean, I feel like the main thing with Bechtel, with the Bechtel test is that it really, if it doesn't pass, it identifies how a movie is using its female characters. It's either that they're not there, like mm-hmm. Star Wars, the first one, or it's if you have a lot of women and it's still not passing the Bechtel test, then they probably only exist in relation to the male characters or right. they're tokenized. And yes. I think that that is kind of how this movie works, where... Gwen and Doc Ock are active characters that are within most scenes with them, the only woman present. Yeah. Um, or there's a lot of women who exist only in relation to men. You've got Miles' mom. You've got Fisk's, his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, I don't, I don't really know where Penny Parker, I mean, she's just, we just don't really know anything about her. Right. Um, you would think... She and Gwen would at least have some small exchange. I mean, they're all working together toward the same goal. And then you would also think that Aunt May and, like, at least Gwen would talk a little bit more. Exactly. Or May and or, Penny I mean, Parker. Gwen, yeah, because it's like Gwen, I think Gwen and Aunt May, that is, like, the scene where two women are in the same scene for the longest mm-hmm. and not fighting so that there's plausible there'd be some dialogue between them. Yeah. Uh, and it just simply doesn't happen. Uh, also, they're... Uh, if you if you run the numbies 
on this progressive movie, only 21% of cast and crew members were women, and 11% of key cast and crew members were people of color. Shit. Shit. Indeed. Well, it goes to show that we still have a lot of work to do. Yep. I do encourage our listeners and and us because sometimes I think we slip on this to also be looking at who is behind the camera because this movie is a very male dominated production crew and a very white dominated production crew mm-hmm. and the cast is is fairly diverse but behind the scenes not much diversity you got Amy Pascal and her emails mm, which identify as female yeah. <laughs> um, so unfortunately they're are still not a lot of people of color or women in key roles. Mm-hmm. It's still majority white guys. It should be said that the movie is directed by three dudes. Uh, one of the directors, Peter Ramsey, is a black man and also was the first black director to ever be nominated for Best Animated Feature. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, percentage-wise, still pretty... I mean, I'm kind of... Like, that's pretty abysmally bad. 11% people of color. Especially when... The, in the, this... The... In the first, like, Afro-Latino Spider-Man card, like, mm-hmm. 11%. It's yeah, just... Yeah, it would be higher. Yeah, I think. And hello, it's Caitlin and Jamie from the future. Ooh, we've learned so much. <laughs> so we wanted to redo our nipple ratings for this movie because again we've we've grown we've learned and when we originally gave the nipple rating for this movie it was before we were taking like a more fully intersectional approach to the nipple rating Mm -hmm. so i would like to amend the ratings that we gave and and i wouldn't but fine (laughs) No, I, I uh, yes, this this is the right uh, thing to do. And also, it's just uh, another time to write about the Spider-Verse because it comes out so soon. So soon. Yes, ah! indeed. And so we are here to give our updated nipple ratings. The nipple scale, of course, being our perfect, amazing, incredible metric. Iconic, nothing like it, never done before, won't be done again. Truly. And it works like this. We rate on a scale of zero to five nipples based on looking at the movie through an intersectional feminist lens. As such, again, I deeply love this movie. It is one of my favorites of all time. It has so much going for it. Superhero movies are usually like the most popular and highest grossing movies that come out in any year, but they still so often center whiteness and center men. And it's still like very much out of the norm for that not to be the case, Uh, which is not the fault of this movie. But I remember the original conversation around this movie being like, wow, can you imagine? And at the time... Mm -hmm. Many people could not, which is depressing. (laughs) And before this movie came out, I remember there was a a lot of discourse about, like, can we have a black Spider-Man? And um, Donald Glover was in the running, and then that didn't happen to the upset of many people. But uh, studios are cowards, and um, they didn't do it. Anyway, so this movie coming out in 2018... Felt like a big win at the time, and it still feels like a big win. And I love it, and I 
hope to see more diversity in obviously all movies, including superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a story about fathers and sons. <laughs> but it's not against nice the law. One. Yeah. It's not against the law just because it happens every single day doesn't mean it's always a bad thing. And what I appreciate about this one is that the main arc of the like father son subplot is two male characters needing to learn to open up and express their emotions to each other and to show affection and vulnerability with each other. Mm -hmm. They obviously still have a ways to go on that journey, but it's nice to see that dynamic explored in a father-son relationship. Yeah, and I also appreciated that. I also like that... um by the end of the movie like their relationship is it isn't like movie-fied of like and their relationship is totally repaired and everything will be great from here on out like it's incremental mm-hmm. and i'm excited to see how that you know what what motion there is in future installments right and it seems based on the trailers again at the time of this recording we have not yet seen across the spider-verse but it seems it's getting great reviews getting great reviews it seems like women do play a more integral and active role in this movie based on the trailers it feels like there might be more of a focus on miles's relationship with his mother yay which is one of the gripes yeah our number one (laughs) criticism of this movie yes so that's exciting uh seems like we get even more female spider people in this one spider women it seems like you get more female villains in this so it just feels like women are more meaningfully included in this movie that's coming out i'm excited but all of this in mind i'm gonna give the movie four nipples which is a pretty significant bump from what i had given it originally maybe it's just because this movie keeps growing on me it's not perfect. There are some, no. as we discussed, there are some things. But but it's nice to see that, I mean, and again, we haven't seen it, but it, yeah, I, I noticed that as well, where it seems like the franchise is becoming even more inclusive as it continues. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about that. Same. Um, who are you giving your nipples to? I'm going to spread my nipples out between Miles, his mom, Spider-Gwen, and you know what? Spider Ham. Wow. Gets a nipple. Yeah. Iconic. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'll meet you at four and I'm going to, I'll leave it. Yeah, I'll meet you at four because I do, I mean, I was revisiting this episode as well and, you know, points were made. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that this movie's great strength is it's a beautiful, beautiful coming of age story that's inclusive. It is like, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with the nipple scale, but it's like one of the most beautiful animated movies ever made truly um and i just love it very very much and i I think you put it very beautifully i think the uh, only other thing i would want to point out is behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and i know we talked about this uh, in the original episode i think there was more room for inclusivity behind the scenes this movie uh, there are a lot of uh white guys behind the scenes and it's uh, very heavily men and um, I actually, I haven't checked out, I know that there's a new crop of directors for this uh, next installment, I think because directing one of these movies basically kills you. Um, yeah. But, um, and, and so I, I haven't looked into that. Um, 
and I'm, I guess, I, I, I guess, I suppose I'm excited about it. I don't know, whatever. Uh, no, but I, I really, this movie is so beautiful. And as we now know, extremely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like a great introduction to superhero movies for kids. Um, for sure. Yeah, I'm so excited for the new one. So four nipples. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give one to uh, Miles, obviously. Uh, I'm going to give one to Spider-Gwen. I'll give one to Miles' mom. And I'll give my last one to uh, Lily Tomlin Aunt May. Because I love Lily Tomlin Aunt May. She's great. Uh, she's great. Also, I feel like we should give an honorary nipple to Alfred Molina. I mean, okay, let's toss in another one. <laughs> Figure it out, Wikipedia page. <laughs> and yeah, that's us from the future. That was our unlocked episode on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy the new movie if you're planning to see it. I know I am going to see it six times. I saw the first one in theaters five times and I have to break my record. You got to top it. You can top that. I just know it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm going to see it with my brother this week. (gasps) Yeah. But yes, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you enjoyed that looser discussion, uh, that is an unlocked Patreon, aka Matreon episode, which you can go sign up for right now over at patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. That's five bucks a month and you get access not just to two new episodes a month with Caitlin and myself in the looser discussion format. You'll also get access to nearly 150 back catalogs because we've had the Patreon for, for many years. Wow brag us wow 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 and you can find our merch at tpublic.com slash the bechtel cast grab a t-shirt or whatever you want to do follow your heart we trust you and uh we can't wait to talk to you about the next spider-verse movie we see you next week bye if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a 500 matching bonus and a 1500 mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.